Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name is Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors and today I'm here with Nick Rutherford. Hi Nick, how are you? Very well Denise, how are you? Yes, I'm good, good. Now we're both being good tonight and we're not drinking, either of us are we? We're being yes. good bo- yes, good or bad boys and girls. It's not vodka, it's just pure no. water. I know, yeah, at least yours looks like vodka. Anyway, Nick, what is your business called and what do you do? Okay, so the business is called UK Business Buddy. And as the name suggests in the title, uh, and I know it sounds really kitsch, we want to help small businesses. And we do that mainly by helping them save money in their business. And we specialise in car payment solutions. So if you're talking about the salons, that could be taking payment over the phone from customers, obviously in the salon itself, chip and pin machines. Um, If you're a mobile business, we've got lots of mobile hairdressers, beauty salons, uh, nail places, you name it. Hospitality and retail, probably two of our biggest um, sectors. Obviously, since March of last year, it's been really difficult. But we just want to save people money. We're still going to, you know, put it from one bank, give it back to another bank. But usually we save people thousands of pounds in the interim. And we just want to pass that back to our customers. We're a small business. We're, you know, we started off in St. Albans. We moved to Oxfordshire. And although we've got customers all over the UK, we've got associates all over the UK that can help businesses all over the, the UK and Northern Ireland as well. It's, um, it's all about helping small businesses because the big guys are looked after. Small guys are, you know, we can, we've got some really good deals and we can just pass those savings on to the customer. And if they save money, that's, that's all the better for it. Yeah, so it's quite, it's, it's quite an industry where the spectrum of charges is, is massive, isn't it? So knowing where to get the best deals from is probably something that small businesses don't kind of understand at first. It's not something that I see advertised very freely in that they, people have a lot of choice. So, you know, what made you get into this industry? How did it come to you? <laughs> I sort of fell into this. Um, I was in corporate life for a while, then um, had a year in China, came back and was told by the company I had to go back to school and get an MBA. And it's like, you've got to be kidding. I've just done all this for you. So like any true professional does or did at the time, I threw my toys out the pram, sold everything I did and bought a pub. Because that's the sort of thing you do in 2008, um, four months before the crash. So that was an interesting time. But what I found was that people that were trying to sell anything into the hospitality space, be it card machines or tills or beer or anything, they didn't have a skill set. They were really bad at building relationships. They weren't concerned at all about the customer. It's all about them and their commission. So um, after we, we got rid of the pub, I decided to sort of go into what was new, then sort of new technology. Because back in the old days, and if you remember, you know, the credit cards used to be on the swipey things. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, back then, the card machines started coming in. It's like new technology. More and more businesses are going to start taking payment by card rather than cash. Checks are obviously on their way out. I think COVID has obviously accelerated a lot of this, but it seemed like at the time to be a growing market, and it's and it still is. Um, but you're right. Look, at the end of the day, if, if you run a salon or if you run a pub or a hotel, do you really want to know what the market is in the merchant services? It's bloody boring. It yep. really is. You know, you want to be at the forefront if you're a hairdresser, if you know whatever. You know, whatever salon you have, you want to be the best hairdresser, the best beautician, the best nail technician, whatever. Do you really have the time, inclination or experience to know what 
is around in the banking system about what prices that Jesus, it bores the hell out of me. And I know what I'm doing, you know, but we've been doing it for so long now. It, it, and for us, it's about creating a deal. We just want to make sure that our customers get a better deal. And that's what we do the running around for people. You know, it's a bit like if you wanted to buy a new car, then do you go to every single car garage? You know, you could go to 10, 20, 30 and keep looking and be trying to be sold to by whichever salesman. Or would you rather, you know, get somebody to do it for you? Understand what you do, understand what your needs are, because different salons and different businesses have different price points, as we all know. They have different demographics. It could be a student population, residential, could be high end, wherever it's going to be. And it's all different. Every business is different. And we just want to tailor those solutions. And that sounds a bit sort of like corporate rubbish speak. But we just want to make sure that the customer gets the best deal. Yeah, no, I mean, the things that I bang on to, you know, we're both part of the UK salon owners group. And the thing that I bang on to them about all the time is to know your know your audience, know who your ideal client is, know exactly what they need. And, and it's so right. You know, if you have an ideal client that's that's high end that's you know luxury they're they're going to want to hand over their credit card and they're, and they're going to want to pay with their credit card they're not going to want to pay cash you know and cash is kind of dying for everyone anyway regardless of what end um, of the market you're going for and you know and everyone who's in business now needs to maximize their profit don't want to be paying extra charges for something that you're not physically seeing any benefit of really because now if nobody's paying cash and every transaction's on a credit card or, or a debit card then your your limit you know your options are limited so you don't feel you know if, if something you know if a if a haircut's 50 quid you want to see that 50 quid you don't want to see you know 45 or wherever it's going to be so yeah I think it is boring for people but the, but the boring side of, of business are the, are the things that that me and you deal with day in and day out you know I negotiate the leases I don't expect any of my salon owners of it exactly that's why I've studied for years for it you have studied the market for years and you know exactly where to get the best deals so we do the boring things and you guys make the profit cool and, and that's the thing let you guys be arty do your stuff make people feel brilliant and let us worry about stuff in the background. When you're coming back to the cash thing as well, it's a generational thing now. So whereas, you know, I think um, I've got two, uh, two of my kids are, are teenagers. I actually showed one of them a checkbook a few weeks ago, my 16-year-old, and she couldn't believe it. And then I had to explain to her how to go down to a bank, find a, find a parking space, I find a bank that's open, good luck on that one. Yeah. And then it takes seven days for it to go through. And she was like, what are you talking about? You, you know, is all of your life in black and white? And it's like, well, not all of it, but some of it. You know, but, in the olden days when you were born, Dad. Exactly. But what they, the thing is for her, though, is that she doesn't carry cash around. So at school, she has a card that's preloaded. Obviously, she has a card to get on the bus. She has a card, you know, the, the card that she goes when she goes out shopping. She doesn't carry cash. Two of my oldest, my oldest stepkids, they don't even carry a card. They, when they go out, it's their phone and the keys. That's all they take because yeah. they pay everything on, on Apple Pay. That's all they do. So even though some of the salons in the past, when I've talked to people, they've not resisted. You know, a lot of the cash to card ratio has been lower. I've got customers that are just card only, don't even want to take cash. Yeah. Don't even want to take it at all. So that as the generations go on, You'll just see in in every business, not just in the salons, but every single business, you'll just see more and more 
it's in it's, it's, it's expectation now. If you don't take card, it's like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And thankfully, those those days are behind us, or they're they're being phased out um, because you're just losing business. You're losing business if you don't take card, and if you, and if, you, if you're not au fait, or if you're not talking to someone like myself, a broker, or somebody else that offers across the spectrum. Don't just talk to one person that's only got Barclay card to offer because that's just a Barclay card service. It may not be the best thing for you. And that's the thing where we're different. We work across different banks, different sectors. We've got different deals with people. We can just make sure that we can cherry pick the right one because it isn't a one size fits all. Yeah. But, you know, do, so. do your systems plug into any of the, the salon booking systems as well so that people can take payments via those? Yeah, so some of the booking systems on some of the um, EPOSs are, um, it's, it's a massive market, as I'm sure you're aware. Some of them give the ability to take payment through the actual mechanism itself. Some of them will drop out at that point. Um, some of the some of the chip and pin machines do integrate with some of the EPOS providers. Some of them don't. It's a real um, minefield out there. And not every machine will integrate with an EPOS or will integrate with a, book, a booking platform because some of the booking platforms regulate who they use. Like you yeah. can only use Stripe or you can only use PayPal. PayPal are the devil, Striker a lesser version of that. Um, but why would you want to use a booking platform that, in, that, could, that forces you to use a payment system that costs you twice what it should cost you? That's, yeah. always, that's always my question is like, look, if you don't have to use it, turn it off. Just turn it off because it's costing yeah. you more money than it should be. It looks nice and it, it bolts on quite nicely. But if you're doing it, it's all about throughput. If you're doing lots and lots of volume, if you're only doing you know, the odd one in here, there and everywhere, then it's not, um, not going to crucify your, your P&L sheet. But if you're doing lots of them, it does, you know, it, it can turn into hundreds, if not thousands of pounds that you're overpaying. And that's the thing. Who, who likes to think that they're overpaying for anything in this life? Everyone wants to get value. Well, the basis of my business is to to show salon owners how to make more profit. You know, I do it by either negotiating deals on their business premises, which is the, you know, the most costly part of their business, yeah. or I do it by teaching them how to streamline their costs. For me, the if it's a choice between, you know, this system is going to cost you this much and this system is going to cost you this much, I know what I'm going to, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an easy win for me. I'm going to say, you know, go for the one that, you know, you get the most amount of money in your bank. That's how you make more profit. So, yeah, um, it customer experience is really important. Everything needs to be in integrated. Everything needs to be streamlined. Everything needs to be easy to use. But if there's a way in which you can provide that to your customers and you make more money, that's the one that I'm going to recommend for you to do. Absolutely. And the, the thing with, you know, with, with any business owner, very rarely, you know, most salon owners started off either doing hair themselves or beauty themselves. And they got to a position where they think, actually, I want to do it myself. I can do it myself. Possibly I could do it better, do it in a different way. Nobody really went to business school when they set up their own businesses, their own salons, their own pubs, etc. Nobody really went to business school and learned this stuff, learned how to negotiate leases, how far you can go. Learn about our industry, about cost reduction, how important that is to be on top of it. Customer experience, you know, buying from suppliers, how to negotiate. This is never taught by anybody. Everybody learns as they go along. But yeah. the people that learn fastest or get the better returns, they reach out to people like you and I. And actually, because we're the subject matter experts. You know, if I've got a really bad tooth, I don't go to a painter and decorator or the last one to do <laughs> 
or I go to the wrong person or try and do it myself. And that's sometimes what you find. I'm sure you find this as well, where people have yeah. tried to do it themselves and unfortunately either not listen correctly or being sold a bit of a pup or believe someone when they're actually lying to you. And unfortunately in our industry, you get a lot of people that because a lot of people are self-employed, they'll come into it, think they can make a quick buck and there's no longevity. There's no customer um, sort of management at all. It's literally, I'll say what I can to get the deal and I'm out of it because you're never going to see me again ever. Yeah. And that doesn't, um, you know, doesn't advocate well in our industry, but it certainly doesn't improve the relationship between us and the salon to try and make them not better business people, but trying to help them. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah, 100%. You have a business that wants to help people. And yeah. you know, the output is, yes, of course, you know, we, you know, I say to people, look, I still need to eat. I still need to, you know, until um, Halifax give me a free mortgage and Sainsbury's give me free food, I have, you know, we, we charge for our services, but it's only out of the savings the customer makes anyway. Same as you guys. Yeah, that's exactly what I say. Exactly, I say, I say it's, fr it's free. I, I know I, exactly what I say to all of my clients. It's absolutely free to you because at the end of the day, I'm going to save you more than you're going to pay me. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. Easy, easy done. Easy win. So, but so, what, so tell me more about you as a person then. What does Nick do when he's not negotiating these great deals? Uh, goes on podcasts at half past eight on a Thursday <laughs> evening. Um, <laughs> You so, love speaking to me. Absolutely. So I, I got married again for the second time two years ago. Me too. Yeah. And so between us, me and my wife, we've got six kids. She's got we haven't, thank God. Yeah, she's got three. I've got three. Um, my three kids still live in Hertfordshire. Obviously, I'm, I'm in Oxfordshire now. Um, so when obviously pre-COVID, I saw them as much as I could. Obviously, now that's it's, it's a little bit more different. Used to play football. Uh, not anymore um but bizarrely old enough, age or injury a uh, bit of both yeah cool. uh, bit of, i got injured a couple of years ago however i've started back on um a bit of, of a fitness thing so i've got a four-month plan now that started a week and a half ago and you yeah you'll probably see the results in four months time and they, they and they should be quite startling because it's quite a severe thing i want to do why but, what are you doing it's um it's quite it's it's just a lot of more healthy eating i'm using my fitness power to literally measure and calorie count it's about calorie deficit at the end of the day yeah you know, different things when i stopped playing proper football about 15 years ago my weight has yo-yoed without a doubt you know because when i was playing i was playing a lot of football back then and i could eat ghee for breakfast noon and you know and and probably eat you know drink 20 pints a day and still not put an ounce on but obviously when i stopped playing football that soon flipping stopped i can assure you <laughs> and it's the same thing Denise. we all know eat better move more and just do that in a bit more sort of um taking massive action as we say so yeah, yeah. i've started doing um intermittent fasting actually um and i did the five two years and years ago when the kids were young uh, but I'm a grouchy bitch if I don't eat. So I they thought I can't do that again because it's unfair to everyone else who lives in this house. Plus lockdown being stuck with everyone, it wasn't a good idea for me to get grouchy. So what I'm doing at the minute, and it wasn't anything to do with um, weight loss or health or anything like that. My eczema was getting worse and worse and worse during lockdown. I think it was stress and all of that. And I read, a, I was reading up about eczema, what can I do and things like that. And um, somebody was doing the, 24 diet where you 
fast for 20 hours and just eat for four hours and you can you can eat whatever you want but apparently the fasting stops the hormone that that creates the eczema okay the eczema is gone wow it's amazing how long have you had to do this thing for then i've been doing it for about four weeks i think it is wow and did you did you find the results quite instantaneous or did it take a few weeks for it to happen a few weeks to happen yeah yeah that's amazing yeah, it's really good. And I don't, because I can eat whatever I want, I don't feel like I'm losing out on anything. Like my, I mean, I know you, you think I'm beautiful regardless, but you know, my skin is clearer and it just, I feel a bit more awake. That's incredible. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Long may that continue. But Long you, may that continue. How does that fit in with the alcohol intake though? The 20 slash four? Well, I haven't really been drinking throughout that either. Like I was watching the rugby on Saturday and I had a beer and a couple of glasses of wine and I felt lightheaded straight away. <laughs> and we've got the rugby again on Saturday. So, I, you know, I'll see what happens then. But um, yeah, I think I'll be drinking a lot less. That's really cool. You must yeah. be, that's incredible to, for a, a skin condition to clear up within four weeks purely on diet alone yeah i mean it, it i mean i've probably got some makeup on there but i had like scarring all along my neck because that's it would be constant and it would be red raw and it's you can't hide your bloody neck so good so far excellent well done yeah thank you and well done to you i can't see can't wait to see the dramatic results yeah so what's the plan what's the plan for your business where's the future where are we going world domination yeah the the future for my business is we're only going to stay in the uk we've got no interest about going anywhere else you know although we were offered the opportunity to franchise my business about a year ago um it is franchisable to a degree i think um but I'm not really sure that I really want the responsibility of looking, you know, if I'm going to take 50 grand off somebody, then, you know, you need to really look in, you know, you really need to look after them because that could be the last 50 grand they've got. It could be their entire life savings or whatever the, the, the amount's going to be. It's a hell of a responsibility, isn't it? Exactly. And I'm Especially sure. if you're in business for integrity. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I honestly don't think that I would have the, to just be perfectly honest, I don't really think that that's a model I want to pursue because I don't want to really be beholden to anyone because I would feel so much emotionally attached to them for that. And that's not where you need to be on a professional relationship. So well, in the next four years, I want a thousand customers and that's it. That's yeah. what So if someone to... needs a system, where can they find you? Hello at ukbusinessbuddy.com or obviously our website is uh, ukbusinessbuddy.com. Quite easy to find us as well. Uh, website's being redone. And so, yeah, we're having a bit of a relaunch in about six weeks time because we've, we've got two added, added values that, we're, that other people don't do whatsoever. Um, and one of them is about trying to help our customers attract more of their customers as well by blogging about them, um, sharing their posts on LinkedIn, on social media, Instagram, etc. Because it's not just about saving people money. We want to try and get more customers into the salons, more customers into the pubs, more cubs, you know, more customers into the beauty salons, etc. So I think yeah. that we shouldn't just stop at saving people money. Great that we do that, but we need to think more about how else we can help our customers. What more added value can we offer to our customers? Um, so that's where we want to be. We always want to be thinking ahead and be different. We're not corporate at all. None of our guys will go into a salon dressed in a, 
you know, in a three-piece suit, you know, because if they do that into a salon, people might run out the back thinking it's the HMRC. So you know, we, we make sure that people, the people that work with us, that it's, you know, they're comfortable with what they're doing. They're obviously smart when they're going out to see customers because everything we do is face-to-face. -face. That's why this has been so difficult in lockdown. We Obviously, we still need to try and look at businesses, you know, so we're dealing with like, you know, funeral directors and car MOT places that traditionally they're, they're still open. Um, but all of our guys are relaxed and it's just about helping people. So we, we always want that mantra to continue. So we're not after world domination. You know, we just want to make sure that the customers that we have, we look after. We want more of them. Of course we do. Um, because it's a legacy business. It's a family business. And if I want to, you know, if my kids want to come into my business, I want it to be in a position where they can take it over and they can earn a decent living, but while still having the same ethos about helping small businesses. So as long as that continues, we'll be happy. Yeah, I got I got my eldest to try and read a lease for me a couple of months ago, and she is, you know, very clear on the fact that she will not be going into the family business, and she finds it <laughs> thoroughly boring, and she wants me to stop talking about leases for the rest of my life. <laughs> Well, that's Brilliant. It's what, Thanks, they're baby. it's what they're passionate about. You're passionate about what you do. I'm very I love it. What we do. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes, I mean, I, I spoke to my kids about it and they're like, I mean, one of them, to be fair to him, my, my stepson, he helps with the, with the analysis stuff as well because he's, he's just far too clever for words. So he set up the, the uh, analytics for us to, to work out which are the best deal. So he put a lot of work into that. My youngest, the one who couldn't understand one end of a checkbook or another, you know, she wants to go and do law. She's got no interest. Exactly. Yeah. I like her. <laughs> and the other one, you know, wants to go and be a, um, a dolphin trainer. Good luck to her as well. So, yeah. Golf? Do uh, sorry, dolphin. Oh, I thought you said golfing trainer. Uh, no. Yeah, no, the, the husband's a golf pro. Oh, boring. Oh, <laughs> Sod that. Oh. I've no. watched him once and I'm like, can we go now? <laughs> not for me sorry about that oh, i know bless him well i mean he's, he's got me he's won the prize so yeah, there's loads of things you could say there but i won't yeah you, no you won't um so give me th three tips for either getting into your business or what would be three business tips that you would give people in order to be more successful make more profit one understand your numbers okay understand um with, from our perspective, your merchant statement, every bank is different. Every bank charges different things. If you don't understand what you're being charged, then ask. Because sometimes you will be overpaying. You'll be, you'll be charged for stuff you shouldn't be paying for. So you've got to understand your numbers. Um, obviously, at the moment in COVID, most people are shut. Okay, But you've got to be planning. What are you doing now? for are you still in contact with your customers i know it's been a year pretty much you know obviously we shut down then we open again then we shut down again are you still talking to your customers are you still communicating them in some way vain or you know because as soon as we come out of this there's going to be that rush again well that's exactly what i've been saying to all of all of my clients i've been saying to them keep in contact with the customers and keep selling you've still got products that you can be selling you've still got oh. services that you can still be selling can't see sick people face to face but you can do click and collect and you can do sales online you can send things out to people like there's no excuse for you to not be in contact with your customers absolutely because if somebody else if you're not and somebody else is then when the gates do reopen and when the shutters do come up you might lose those people and yeah. it's tough enough anyway with all the competition out there in normal times 
let alone losing your cust losing out on potential customers just for the fact that you haven't been in contact with them or you haven't really been trying not trying to sell to them the wrong way but let them know what you're doing yeah right, i mean i mean some of my customers they, they phone me up when the first lockdown is like am i okay to take the car machine home because i want to be selling some of my nail products from my, my some of my you know my and, and in the hairdressing ones some of the shampoos like absolutely you can we'll just reconfigure it just take it home don't worry about it it doesn't really know it's in another place but keep selling to your customers keep on facebook keep and but not just on, on social media phone the buggers up yeah phone them whatever up. whatever your line of communication is because like, yet again i know I keep banging on about this but it's it's the, your ideal client what is your ideal client's form of communication because i know when i was in the corporate world if my hairdresser i mean my hairdresser is my best friend so like let's you know presume yeah. it's someone else but if if one of if a hairdresser in the salon had rang me i'd be like what like no like you know drop me a text like send me a message whatever but like don't ring me so know your ideal client know whether or not it's phone them know whether or not it's yeah. send them an yeah, email info. know whether or not it's like have social media posts know yeah. your ideal client inside out exactly where they're going to be yeah no i totally agree and, and that's that's in any business but, but so much more because if if the same path happens like it did last time the salon industry is going to be the last to reopen that will open up again yeah. after hospitality and a friend of mine's in green king and he's fairly well, it's high up enough for me to trust what he says and they're looking at an early may some form of tiered rollout again to for them to reopen yeah now they're massive they've got four thousand or something even more than that pubs so if, if you think about when that's going to happen if it if it might be delayed by a little bit then obviously you've got the the salon industry opening up possibly june or july that's still a long time that's yeah long time. but start getting ready for it now i'm in two minds about it it's either gonna go like that where they're the last to open again or they're gonna or we're gonna go back in tiered systems and if we go back in the tier systems we had before then they open up first which is amazing so i'm not sure i'm not sure what which way it's going to be but i think there's a plan that they're gonna have a another conference on monday so yeah. hopefully we'll know more on monday who knows but the key interesting thing, but the key thing is keep talking to people and keep letting know keep letting people know that you're out there you know that you are doing these things if you work in the community publicize it you know just do what you can to make sure that you're still front and center that you're still at the front of people's minds that when you do you know my barn it's awful I mean, my, my hair grows so quick as well it's ridiculous yeah Mine does too, but luckily I died. So the first lockdown, I had full-on blonde hair, and you can imagine like it was just getting further and further back. But but luckily I dyed it all um, dark before this lockdown, so that I didn't end up with the crazy like as I kept calling myself a crack whore because I had like roots halfway down my head, which is just not the thing. Anyway, we're coming to the end of the podcast, no and we end. And we end all of the podcasts with an eight mile moment. So as you know, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I love Eminem and I love the movie, The Eight Mile. And he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him. So his opponent can't come back at him. Yep. Skinny is white, his mum lives in a trailer. So Nick, what are the worst things about you? Oh my God. What the worst things about me? Yep. God. Um, you should give me some, uh, some notice on this one. No. Um, <laughs> 
I honestly can't mention it. Um, <laughs> now you have to. <laughs> no, 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 Sundays. No, it works <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm too nice to, to to have anything bad about me. But then, Shut it, up. but the thing is, I go and talk to my ex-wife and my ex-girlfriend. I'm sure they'll have something different to say about that. Yeah, I always say, don't ask my husband. He'll give you a whole long list. Yeah. Uh, well, the worst thing about me, I could have probably been a better dad. To be Aww. to be perfectly honest, you know, moving where I am, I'm, I'm now three quarters away from my kids. So um, I've missed, yeah, I wasn't the best father when I, when we split up from the first wife at all. I could have been better. I know that. And I'm, I'm reaping the consequences of that now. Um, so that, that's totally honesty. Yeah. So I could have been a better dad. Well, I see my kids every single day and I have yet to spend a day when I don't think I could have been a better mum. So I don't think it's about distance. I think being a parent is the hardest thing in the whole entire world. And we just aim to be better parents than our parents were. And we still get kids who say we're shit. So (laughs) doing what I'm doing. (laughs) Do you know what? I try every day just to be what I consider to be quite an averagely good parent I have no desire to be Mary Poppins I have no desire to be you know beating them to death yeah so I just try to keep it even I try to raise my kids to be extremely independent able to leave me and have a decent life but understand the privilege that they've been raised in and I'm not sure what else I can do so if my kids are gonna say that I'm shit then I've probably done the right job because I think everyone says that their parents are shit, especially when you're 12 and 13 and think everything's shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting age, though, isn't it? 12 or 13. Especially, oh, yes. Especially when you first go to a secondary school, they just become the Harry Enfield character when he morphs into the teenager. She already was, so that was fine, but it was a shock with the eldest because she wasn't. So when she went to senior school, literally that second, she was like, "Uh, I'll do what I want, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, you'll remove the waving (laughs) hand. That'll be what you'll be doing. Because when you keep speaking to me like this, drives me insane. But, you know. You're not Mr. Miyagi. You're not allowed to do that. She's so much like me as well. It's horrific. Like when she she opens her mouth, I'm like, I've just fallen out of your mouth and I don't like the sound of it. It's horrible. And my mum just is like, this is payback. You deserve every second of this. Nature and nurture all built into one. 100%, 100%. I love that nature and nurture because my husband isn't their dad. I have a really good relationship with my ex-husband. So we do like parent in a really collective way, which is brilliant. But the, the way that both of my kids, because we've been, he's been living with them for five years. And the way that both of my kids have his, my, my husband's characteristics blows my mind right because he's not their dad but some of the things they do are him 100 percent him and i'm just like oh you've influenced them in such a horrific way yeah my, my wife says that about her kids as well and her ex he said they are so much like and, and they've been sort of split up for what oh man was it two 14 years so they were like seven six and two when they left so they, that's the the sub that's the, sort of the sum total of the involvement from a day-to-day basis. And obviously it has some sort of every now and again, and that's sort of got spread out over the years. But she says it, it's scary how much they're like her dad. 
Yeah. And that, that's definitely the nature bit, isn't it? You can't get away yeah. from it. You can't, apparently, you can't nurture some of the nature out of it. But. No, I agree with that completely. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for being on oh, the podcast. Welcome. And oh, as cool. always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast, you can contact us at info at find-surveyors.co.uk. Say goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Nick. <laughs> You're the second one that's done that, and I've waited for it Sorry. to happen. Take care, Denise. Speak to you later. Bye. Bye.